Hi, welcome back to Iconic Duo. It's Jada. Hey everyone, it's Gwen. And today we have a special guest, um, our old friend Isaac. What's up, guys? Yeah, this is Isaac. Uh... A little backstory about our friendship is that we 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 met in middle school, and then he went to a different high school. He moved away, sadly. We used to be so close too. Yeah. Yeah, for real. That was a really good years. Eighth grade year. Did I go to? I didn't I go to elementary with you? Yeah, I've known Gwen maybe since the first grade. Yeah, I was gonna say it was like we went to yeah. school together. That was the old days, but Jada and Isaac were actually like besties before I took her. Took her. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, so you yeah, guys? Yeah, that's what happens when you leave. Nah, it's good though. <laughs> well, who knows? I come back one day. No, it's too late for that. <laughs> That'd be cool. I always tell him, like, if he's in Hacienda, to, like, hit me up so we can get food or something. Yeah, I will. Good. So today we're going to be talking about trauma. And it's kind of an intimate topic. I'm kind of nervous to talk about mine, but, like, um, Isaac, you can go first. <laughs> My trauma. So uh, I moved here in 2017. Um, which is about three or four years ago. Moving was fine. Everything went smoothly. House was nice. It's a lot bigger than my last house. High school's fine and everything, right? First few days was cool. So the second day of high school, the day was normal. I come back home. I was about to go to sleep. And then my dad's fixing a pool filter for two hours, right? I come outside, ask if he needs help. And he's like, all right, hold this light for me, right? Like all dads do. I hold the light, I jump over the back of the filter. And there's like uh, greenery around the, the box of the filter. I put my hand in the wall for 10 seconds. And then my right hand, I feel something bite me. But I pull away before like the thing gets into me. And I'm just freaking out. Like I go berserk. In 10 minutes, my hand is the size of a baseball glove. My right hand. Wait. So I was freaking out. Oh my God. Was it the snake bite? Yeah. Okay, I remember this because I, I think we were still kind of in contact at um, back then. And then I think you posted it on your story or something like you in the hospital. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like what happened? Or like, yeah, but I didn't really go into details about like everything. But so we get in the car, me and my dad, we got to the hospital. We're lucky we went to Ontario and not Anaheim because there was a bunch of traffic and like probably would have got a lot worse. Oof. So we go to Ontario, and they put me in, like, you know, um, in, like, a gurdy or whatever, or, you know, the bed where they put you yeah. in, right? They said they only have one bag of anti-venom, so I was, like, lucky. Oh. It just kept, like, growing, like, my hand, because all, all the venom. They did me right in my finger, on my right hand, my index finger. And then they moved me to Fontana, and, like, I was in the ICU, so intensive care. Uh. So people come and go and they visit me through the ICU Sunday, Monday, or whatever. I was fine, you know? My hand was, like, you know, expanding. It, like, moved towards my arm, my right arm. But, like, I was feeling fine. Like, like mentally, I was like, whatever, you know what? Even in the ambulance, they said, why are you laughing? Like, they looked, looked at me and I was like, I don't know why I'm laughing. Just, like, adrenaline, you know I mean? Like, yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? So I think it was um, Sunday or whatever. And uh, what's it called? I wake up at 11. And there's a bunch of doctors around me and a hand surgeon. Oh. And I wake up and the guy is like, yeah, I think we might need to amputate. What? To my face. 
And like everyone looks at around him, right? And I was like, what? And and I was like, amputate, like cut my arm off. And he's like, yes, that's exactly what it means. To my face, like I'm not like a person, like I'm just like, you know, like one of his like random patients. And I was like, what? Like, who is this guy? They said, oh, this is like the main answer. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, we need to go to like get a scan of your arm and the MRI machine. So at this point, like I'm thinking of all the worst possibilities. Like I'm bawling my eyes out and I was like, like, you know, like for real crying, like for real, for real crying. Mm -hmm. Right. And everyone's like telling me to calm down, like everything. And I'm like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't lose my arm. Like, that's crazy. Like, what is this guy talking about? Yeah. And you're like, what, 16 at the time? No, I'm 16 now. What? Wait. Yeah. It was three years ago? Yeah, three years ago. Oh, oh yeah. It was my second day of freshman year. So oh. I was 13 at the time. Holy. Yeah, I go in the MRI. Like, my hand, my hand's huge. Like, it, it's, like, double the size. Mm. So I go in the MRI, and they're, they're like, okay, you need to calm down, because the MRI, you know, like, super loud. I'm like, okay, like, I'm fine. Like, you know what? I can do this. So I just went on MRI, super loud machines, but, like, at that time, I felt like the most peace. Like, even though it's super loud in MRI, I was just laying back, and then my arm was completely still. And right then and there, I was praying, praying, like, praying. Like, mm-hmm. Lord, please, please, I need my arm. Like, like I can't, like, I, I can't function. Like, I can't imagine. Like, I wouldn't be able to play any sports. Oh, right. Like, you know, everything would go wrong. And, like, I'd be, like, an outcast, like, sort of. Yeah. And, you know, it feels bad, like, when you lose a limb. You know what I mean? Just sort of, like, something so stupid, like a snake bite that, you know, wasn't even supposed to happen. So right then and there, I was praying for 45 minutes, and then I just, like, blank. I go back to the ICU room, and then they said I'd been in the machine for two hours, the lab machine. Yeah. So I get out of the machine, and it's almost, like, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Another doctor comes in, a female. Curly hair, um, hazel eyes. Whoa, right. how do you remember um, this stuff? I, trust me, trauma, trauma, you remember it, right? <laughs> she comes, and she's like... Press your fingertips, right? And, like, if you can see, like, the blood going back in your fingers, you're fine. So she just told me to, like, keep squeezing my hands, and she's like, you'll be fine. Like, you're not going to lose your arm. And I was like, really? And I was like, she's like, yeah. Like, I don't know why the other doctor told you you're going to lose your arm. You're not going to lose your arm. Money. And I was like, oh, thank God, right? <laughs> so a few hours later, the other doctor comes in. The guy that told me, oh, I think I'm on the acting. He's like, wow, I think your God really, really helped you, huh? All good right. and stuff. And I was like, yeah, like, he did. Like, okay, you can leave now. You right? can leave now. Please dismiss yourself. For real. <laughs> and after that, it was fine. Like, since I knew everything was going to be okay, everything was back to normal. But, like, for real, it was a miracle. And I was like, I'll never forget those few, there's five days I was in the ICU. And, like, all the people who came visit me, all the people, like, you know what I mean? Like, at that yeah. point in time, I was like, this might be it. I might not just lose my arm, but, like, lose my life. Like, who knows what happened? Like, I could be sick, and then... Oh, like, in surgery? All the venom in my body and everything. So, the hospital bill comes out. Like, I use six bags of anti-venom and 25 bags of antibodies. So, it's, like, $200,000 some. It's, like, crazy money. Insurance yeah. pays it all. And some good insurance. Some, maybe my parents, but I don't know. They didn't give me any details about that. Oh, did they? But want then to... I, I was fine. Oh. 
Did they want to yeah. amputate your whole entire arm or just your hand? No, no, my whole arm. Like, they were saying my whole arm. Like but the, why? The venom moved from my hand to my arm. Like, it swelled a little bit. Like, I looked like, like I was a bodybuilder or something. Like, it was huge. All the way up to your shoulder. All the way up to my shoulder. They wanted to cut that whole thing off. The guy was crazy. He, like, told me straight up my face. Like, I think we might need amputate. I thought I was listening or something like that. So this whole thing made me like super paranoid about like heights and everything. Like I, I like see something move in the bushes. I'm like, no, nah, I'm leaving. Like, oh, please leave. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. Because- so yeah, not many people know that. Like especially in kind of heights because I haven't been in contact with anybody. But thank God I'm okay. Thank God I'm alive and I have my right yeah. arm. I guess it was like a really, really bad welcome gift from your new home. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, that's probably half of it. It's crazy because there was a fire right next to our house, like 500 feet in November, and then I got bit in August, so two months. Oh, so you're dealing with, after. like, you're, like, dealing with yeah, all the medical bills and the fire? Yeah. Ooh. They had to evacuate our house. I was wondering if the house was going to be okay, but, you know, everything worked out, so it's fine. That's good. And you, you have your arm today, so thank God for that. Yeah. So that was Isaac's story um, about trauma. Um, thanks for sharing that with us and, like, the podcast, too. Um, is there anything else you want to say to the listeners before we let you go? Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, follow Iconic Duo. And my Instagram is at Isaac <laughs> Shout you. out. Yeah. I'll, I'll put you in the uh, the bio thingy. Of course, yeah. In the description. Thank well, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, guys. So now we're going to, since we've let Isaac go, we're going to finish off with our traumas since that's, like, the topic. Do you want to go first? Oh, okay. She's going to make me go first. I don't want to go, go first. first. Okay. Um, <laughs> straight up. Or should we tell it in story form? Um, so, like, I had a best. This is so sad. What the fuck? Okay. I had a best friend, like, everyone, like, you know, has that, like, childhood, like, best friend or whatever, and, like, I grew up with her for the, I don't, everyone's gonna know about, like, they know about this? No, whoever listens is gonna know that, like, I don't know, you know what, forget it, whatever, okay, we grew up together, like, we did everything together, she was, like, my best friend, right, and that was, like, 10, 12 years of like friendship 13 years of friendship no yeah it was like 10 12 years of friendship um and then there was this one girl that I actually took in as like our friend and she became like we became like the three like musketeers or whatever we were always friends and stuff but then there came a point where like they would always like exclude me and leave me out and it just wasn't working but like I I never had the confidence to like say anything about it or like tell anybody how I was feeling and then once we got into like middle school I think because the the girl was really um jealous of like me and my best friend's friendship so she kind of like drove a wedge between us and like yeah basically they kind of betrayed me turned me into the principal or whatever to like all this crap and uh basically turned you into the principal yeah it was like doing what it was this whole drama thing they thought I was like they thought that like I was hurting myself or something or I was sad or whatever and I was just like girl where in the hell am I sad like I'm fine like I'm chilling they basically just turned on me and I was like that's not what best friends do and after that like I was just so 
sad and like I this is what I call my abandonment issues because your best friend after so long like leaves you just like that and like stabs you in the back it really affects you and I always used to think like what did I do wrong like how was I the problem like that someone would ever like do something to me like that do something like that to me and like it really like I used to just come home after school and just cry like all the time and that was before I met Jada and all my other friends because I love them now and I'm like thriving but (laughs) this was before like I actually became best friends with all of them but um like every friend or like best friend or like person that I would get close to like guy friends or like girlfriends or whatever um they would always end up like hurting me in some way so I came up like just diagnosed myself with like abandonment issues because I looked it up (laughs) and if you look it up it's like when people like leave you and like your fear of people leaving you yeah so I had really bad abandonment issues from the beginning of middle school all throughout middle school to the maybe like sophomore year I mean I still have them but they're not as severe as they used to be because like I used to get really bad panic attacks when I think about like oh what if I'm like like I let Jada in I I would never leave I know but that's the thing people say like they say all this shit like in the beginning like when you become friends that they'll never leave you and then they end up leaving you and it's just like I don't believe the next person that's gonna say it because they all say it and then you know you just you end up like just you have that fear instilled in your brain that like you know this person's gonna leave and like it's kind of bad to have that it's like bad for your mental health and emotionally and all that so I've struggled with that for the past like what six years (laughs) yeah from sixth grade um, but they're not as bad now because I actually realized that I, like, I have a strong group of friends now that, like, I trust them and that, like, we actually talk to each other, like, when things are up. So I think it's finding people that you can trust and then, like, you connect with. Like, Jada and I have that, like, inseparable, 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 inseparable bond. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I know that, like she's not gonna go anywhere (laughs) we literally can't because we track each other too yeah so she'll be like where are you right now like um i know where you are you can't even hide from me (laughs) it's basically what it is (laughs) and then like if i don't answer she calls other people yeah she called one of the one of yeah yeah did i call someone and you were like okay i didn't show up to school i was like sleeping in or whatever because like she was sick that day. Yeah, she and, had like a fever. Or something. And I couldn't go to school, but I forgot to tell her. Yes, I have to tell her. Yeah, <laughs> she has no, to tell me too. She was throwing up that day. I remember it was like the morning that she was. Yeah, like, and up. I didn't I text like, her. I didn't have time to text her. And then so she called other people to see where I was because I wasn't answering. It wasn't until like lunchtime that I like figured out like where you were because yeah. you you texted me and then like I was asking around. And everyone was like, no, no. like. If anything, like, you should know where she's at. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know where she's at. You're <laughs> not trying to figure it out. <laughs> like, ugh. People. But, yeah. So, I'm glad that I have made those friendships now because it has helped treating my abandonment issues. I mean, I still have them, though. Like, it's really hard for me to trust people when they say, like, oh, let's be close, you know. It's hard for me to let people in. And, like, actually get close to them. Like, people want to be my friends. And I'm, like, you know, open to everybody. And I'm really nice. But I can't get really close to, like, anybody anymore. And, like, relationships, too. That's, like, a big thing. Like, it's hard for me to, like, trust people and, like, what they say. Even though, like, I have such a big heart. And, like, I want to, like, you know, 
to like forgive really easily and like let people in because like that's the kind of person I want to be but it's hard to like it's hard to do that so I have really big abandonment issues but they are getting better so I don't think I'm crazy or anything there was like this quote that I read like on Instagram or something it was like the universe if someone leaves your life the universe says like they're they've like they're done contributing beneficial things to your life so then they're like they're gone for like a good reason and I'm like okay like it's hard to see it that way because it's like you miss them you know when someone's in your life and then they're gone it's it's like you're you're so used to them being there that all of a sudden it's like you know where'd you go but then the universe says no (laughs) that's why I don't like making like close yeah you know because like it sucks when like they leave that's true. And then, like, I'm always the one that I, I used to come home and ask my mom. I was like, I would cry. And she'd be like, what's wrong? And I'd just be like, you know, like, what's wrong with me? Like, I always thought something was wrong with me. And I always, I always asked myself, I was like, okay, well, what did I do wrong? Like, I tried to, like, you know, like, psychoanalyze myself. And I was like, what did I do? And then, like, I just didn't realize till I was older that it was always other people that were the problem. You know? Like, sometimes you have to take a step back and realize it's not being, like, like conceited or like yeah no it's nothing about you like oh you're you think you're better it's not that I think I'm better than anyone it's just like I know that like I wasn't doing anything wrong like I, I was always nice to them like I was, I was always there for them but then they just like use me take advantage of me whatever for me like they just wanted things for me and then like you know they leave and then I was like okay then in the end it's them it's not me so I had to find people that wanted me for me and I guess like like, a lot of the times that you, when you tell me this story, it's, like, I look at the people that are in this story that have treated you so badly. I'm, like, look at where they're at today <laughs> and compare it to, like, where you're at today. And it's, like, like not that I'm saying that we're, like, better or anything, but, like, I feel like our friendship is much stronger than what they have. Maybe it was, I don't know, karma in some way? Yeah, because turns out... No, I can't say that. I was going to say, like, the girl that ended up, or actually most of the people that did end up hurting me or leaving me or whatever, they had shit happen to them right after. So, you know, I guess it is bad karma because, like, I treated you so good and then, like, you just up and hurt me. (laughs) Like, you took it for granted. Yeah. So that was Gwen's trauma. And it sucks. (laughs) Like, it sucks. (laughs) Okay, but Jada sucks too. You have to listen to it. Oh, no. Okay, I'm really, like, nervous about putting... Like, even talking about it, because this would be my first time kind of talking Telling about it. it. I've never told you about it. I don't think I've ever told anyone about it. Because it's just, like, super embarrassing, I feel like. So... I have a gist. You have it, Yeah, because, like, the way that I... Yeah, talk about things now. Yeah, and I, like, behave around you and the way, like, my lifestyle. Like, I don't know. Wait, I feel like... Wait, okay. Just tell the story, and I think I have. Okay, so... As, like, a kid, maybe, like, mm, I would say, like, mostly, like, all through childhood, um, my mom always, like, made comments about, like, how chubby I was. You know, as a girl, you don't want to be hearing that because, you know, like, you know, the ideal is, like, skinny and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, most Asian families, they want that for their daughters because, I don't know why, but um, usually... Um, the grandmas and the aunts and the uncles at, like, Thanksgiving and everything, you know, they talk about that stuff. And they think that, like, you don't understand what they're saying in, like, a different language. But, like, clearly you understand. So then, like, you know, um, 
like I didn't really care too much about what like the aunts and the uncles were saying because they weren't as close to me but then my mom like I freaking idolized her and I still do and we've built like a stronger relationship but like as a kid I was kind of just like I don't know I she she would always call me like fat and stuff and then um that's kind of basically why I have so many like like issues around like eating certain foods today and like sophomore year was like like I think the peak of it there was just like this one time where like I felt confident enough to wear this certain outfit and I wore it out with like my family and then she literally like told my dad like look how like like bad she looks in that and I was like like are you serious like you're my mom and you're talking about how bad your own daughter looks and I was like well that's hurtful and then my brother didn't help the issue at all because Ian, you know, well, shoot, I just dropped his name, but you know, everyone knows my brother anyways. He was like, just going along with it. He's like, yeah, you look like really bad. And like, you look really fat in that. And like your stomach is showing and like, why are you wearing a crop top and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, great. So I had like, I was like debating, like standing in front of the mirror for like the longest time that day. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to wear it. So then I did. And then my dad was like the only one on my side that day. He was just like, like, he was just like walking by me and like not um he was just like not drawing attention to my body because I felt like everyone was looking at me after that because I was like oh great my mom doesn't even like the way that I look so then freshman year I started playing sports at school and then I got into fitness like like a lot sophomore year and then I decided to like go on a diet just to lose weight because like I hated my body and then um throughout sophomore year I was eating like like watching all my calories and like weighing myself every morning just to be like you know under a certain weight and then if I didn't weigh the amount that like satisfied me I'd go back and I'd step off the scale back on the scale like it could take like like a long time before I was like finally out of the bathroom and it was just like oh my god like every day was that and I was like so so over it and then um there was like a month where I just had like chicken and vegetables for like dinner every night and then my mom was like that was like March sophomore year and then she finally told me like I gotta stop eating the way that I do because you know can I say this on here I lost my period yeah Yeah. so there was obviously like physical health issues along with the emotional health issues and that's the physical issues pushed me to realize that I had to stop dieting and all that stuff um, because I, I lost my period and then like my immune system went down. I started getting rashes. It was just like a whole thing. And then I had to go to the doctor and then, yeah, my mom finally, she was like, you look beautiful. Like you don't have to lose weight anymore. Just maintain. And I was just like, wow. Okay. Is that all that I needed? I felt like it was such a, like a shallow thing to do. Like just go on a diet because my mom called me fat. Like really? But like throughout childhood when your mom is telling you that and like you're growing up and like social media is telling you to look a certain way, your mom is telling you to look a certain way and then your whole family's like kind of like shaming you at the same time. It's kind of like, oh my God, it's so much. It was overwhelming. So then I started like eating nothing and then, but then junior year was better. I started eating like the first thing that I had for dinner that wasn't chicken and vegetables. I remember it was fish and, and then I had like pretzels. Which is still healthy. Yeah, but I, <laughs> it's different. Yeah, it was different. Like I couldn't like wrap my mind around like eating like like something super unhealthy, you know, like mm-hmm. like a cookie to me would have been like death. And then I just think that like certain foods will automatically make you gain weight like that. And like I know it's not true. It's all about portion and everything. Like the rational side of me, like will 
we'll know those things and I'll tell the little voice in the back of my mind to shut up. But um, the emotional part of me is like, I still get anxious about thinking about eating certain foods. So I was telling Gwen the other day, I want to like eat all my fear foods. And I even, I wrote, I made a list. I'm going to try to eat those. But I'm proud of you. Thanks. You're getting through it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm still like, getting she's through like, it. Not good. <laughs> it's definitely a lot better. And like right now, I'm kind of practicing more like, because you know that little voice in the back of your head? Do you yeah. have that too that tells you like that stuff? That tells you stuff. I'm like, why are you? Like, the little voice in the back of your head that hits all your ins- insecurities. So I keep telling it like, no, I'm taking back power now. You don't get to run my life because I do. So then, yeah. The other day, yesterday I had pasta. And we had a pasta in such a long time. I was like, spaghetti. <laughs> Which is so like funny because you make a bunch of sweets. That's <laughs> you true. Bake so many like cakes and stuff. Yeah. But she doesn't eat any of it. I don't. And like, I guess that actually, I don't know why. That's so <laughs> it, it is ironic, but <laughs> it sucks. I'm like, sometimes I want a cupcake and then I'm looking at it. I'm like, who? Yeah, you're the thing in the back of your mind tells me. Yeah, I'm like, Damn, it literally tells me you're going to gain, like, 10 pounds off of it. And I'm like, that's not true at all. It's just, a, like, a piece of food, honestly. Yeah. It's just food. You're going to shit it out? Yeah, you're it'll come out. Poop it out, sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to poop it out. Yeah. But I don't know why I couldn't wrap my my mind around it. It's your trauma. I'm like, hello? It's your trauma. Yeah. So that, that, that was my Does trauma. Does it feel better to talk about it? Because you have told me this before, though. I have. Yeah, I thought it was going to be something different, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really hard for me to talk about it, too, because, like, it's still, like, you know how, you know, trauma. Trauma is hard to talk about for anybody, so. I'm proud of you. You talked about it. Thank you. Told you. Them. Oh, I, I never think, told I my you, parents. Oh, no, you told the podcast. Oh, yeah. I think you look like a bomb-ass bitch, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so then I always made a promise to myself after that. I was like, if my kids are fat one day... I'm still gonna tell them they look beautiful, like fucking like slay my daughter or my son or whatever they wanna be. I don't know. But they're gonna be f- beautiful either way. I'm gonna just tell them that they're freaking beautiful. Because they, I feel like kids need to hear it. Yeah. Especially when you're growing up. Okay, bye guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jada, go ahead. Um, yeah, that was that was like our traumas and our positive note. Yeah. Okay, everything Jada tells me all the time. It's something about like temporary. Like everything that happens now is gonna be oh. temporary. Like you think that like everyone's gonna be talking about it or like thinking about you or like like you have this reputation or like whatever is happening in your life right now. It's not gonna last forever. A crisis will be averted. Yes. Yeah. That's true. That's what Jada tells me all the time. Why don't I take my own advice? I don't know. You take mine and then I take yours. I know, so but we never take our own. And then, oh God. Um, yeah, but I agree. Um, everything, like, heals with time. I know that's such a, like, bad, like cliche thing to say, but it really does. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't completely heal, but you feel it less over time. Yeah. And it's not as scary as it once was. Oh, yeah, Ian's say here. y'all are beautiful. Y'all you could, are beautiful. You yes. gotta say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah if ian can say it then you can believe it because he is the most what? i don't know say no what's that thing that you always tell me brutally honest no 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 no, <laughs> bro no he is really brutally, brutally, brutally honest though but no you tell me remember like 
can you like come closer so we could talk about it now? <laughs> this is the outro but like you um there's one thing that you always tell me remember when i when i'm like about to eat something bad and and then i'm like i stop and then i'm like oh, i don't want to eat it because like i think it's bad you tell me something <laughs> i remember it only because like i was it hit and i was like oh okay because I am okay. I'm gonna say I'm like pretty jealous when you when oh, you can yourself. eat. Okay, but I need to like say it because then it's always gonna be on my mind. I'm always jealous when you eat like unhealthy foods. You know, that's the thing. Like that's your mindset, and like I've always been like, what? Like how do you do it? Like you can freely, you know, eat yeah, it without with no guilt. And yeah. it's like, how? You think you're gonna care in 50 years about what you ate in the past? See, that's what I need to hear. Can you say it louder? Oh, really? That's what I <laughs> that's, said? That's my positive note. Yeah, nothing's going to matter in like 30 plus years. So Isn't that your freaking own advice to give me? Really? Nothing that happens temporarily is not going to matter? Oh. Bruh. <laughs> oh my God, this is so bad. <laughs> Jada's giving her own advice through her brother. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't take. <laughs> yeah, but not- that's my positive note, I guess. <laughs> Nothing's gonna matter. Thirty years. It's true, bro. Yeah. I okay. thought you were gonna say, "Dude, just freaking eat it." Oh yeah, that too. That's like, what I thought you was gonna, gonna say. You wanna eat it? Who the hell's gonna stop you? The only person stopping you is yourself. Ooh. Ooh, oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, before it gets way too deep and hits too hard, we're gonna say about bye. food. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, like, crazy for him to think that. But, like, for me, it's, like, my whole world sometimes. It's so sad. I don't care too much about what people think. I think it's just, like, I care too much about what the little voice inside my head thinks. What do you think? She cares about how she, like, sees herself or how she feels about herself. Yeah, bro. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening. (laughs) This was a surprise. (laughs) Ian's on this, too. Okay. Bye. It's a full-minute outro. You can say bye. Bye.